What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse. It's going to be Greg and I again this week, as always. And we're going to kind of go over some some topics that we had up the last time that we just didn't get to. We're going to kind of touch on, you know, the offseason moves so far that the Reds and the Guardians have made. Um, and then we're going to kind of go over, you know, the Cavs' struggles as of late and then kind of what we expect them to do going into the postseason. We're going to talk about a crew legend that retired and then we're going to go over some more Ohio State sporting news. And then um, if we have time at the end, we'll go ahead. And uh, I think Greg wants to give his opinion on the Deshaun Watson trade. We didn't get a chance to do that the last time. So, but we'll go ahead and start off with a topic that Greg brought to me, I think maybe what earlier this week or last week sometime. And the Ohio State women's synchronized swimming team won the national championship. Now, some of you might be like, okay, cool. But this is a pretty big deal because when you talk about this is their 33rd national championship, especially since their conception in 1977. So that kind of dominance is just is just insane. But I'll kind of let Greg go ahead and speak on that kind of dominance and, and how he feels about that before I, I kind of give my uh, opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definite dominance for, for what they're doing in that particular field. I mean, this is the third year in a row they've won it. They actually win more national championships at a better rate than Ohio State uh, football wins games. Uh, the championship rate is 0. .762, and the football game rate is 0. .727. So I thought that that was really interesting. And you got to really put a, you know, an understanding that that 33 titles in 42 years is it, just it shows utter and complete dominance and and i i'm not i'm really surprised i didn't know about this sooner that that this was going on for this long and you know that's why i love this to show in particular is that we start to learn stuff about ohio state teams and ohio teams in general that that we didn't know you know they definitely killed it this year they scored 102 points uh second place stanford only had 86 and incarnate word scored 72 points i'm not sure exactly what that is maybe that's a college but they scored 72 points getting third so utter dominance and i was just awesome to see it and the more national championships that ohio state can win regardless of what sport bring it on yeah i mean greg mentioned the i mean they pretty much they've won a championship 73% of the time of their existence. So when you compare that to like other dominant um, like college programs, when you look at like Duke men's basketball, they've been around for like 170, sorry, 117 years. And they've only won five national championships. So it's only like 4.3% of the time they won a national championship. Like we hold them at pretty, at a pretty high standard. You can kind of compare them to UConn women's basketball that have been around for like 48 years. So that's pretty much the same but they've only won 11 national titles. That's only 23% of the time. So it's just like that to me is something that I just don't think we probably have ever seen in pretty much any sport. And I don't know if we'll really ever see it again. And it'll be definitely interesting. I mean, they, they've built a program there that just, just breeds winning. So, <laughs> you know, I can't see why they can't keep doing it, but that's just that's insane. I don't think we've ever seen anybody win championships at that rate because it's hard to win a championship. And I I don't know. I mean, that's that's definitely something impressive. And and that's the second, you know, college athletic program out of Ohio State. Now that's won a, a national championship. And I think as the season goes on, maybe we'll add some more trophies to the case. But that's pretty impressive, especially that 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 percentage of win over there. I guess over there exists. That's just so we'll have to keep track on them. And hey, if you guys are looking to watch some uh, women's synchronized swimming, 
Ohio State is the premier program for that. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to baseball. We'll go ahead and talk about the Reds and the Guardians. I'm going to let Greg kind of take this one over since he's kind of our resident baseball guy and kind of give us a rundown on on what they've done or <laughs> what they haven't done in free agency and I guess what to expect from them this year. Greg? I mean, if I were to give grades to what they've done, I, I would give failing grades on both teams. It's just it, they didn't do anything. You know, like you said, it, it's it's just it's sad that that none of the teams are really trying to put out a winning franchise at this point in time. Um, if I'm going to give a grade to the Guardians, I'm going to give an F. And honestly, it could be worse than that if I had a grade lower than an F. I mean, it just really is. They they lost Roberto Perez. They got Brian Shaw and they got a catcher, Luke Mayle. They just don't look like they're willing to compete. They're not making any efforts to sign any big names. You know, we've seen that the payroll is is at, at one of the bottom three in the, the league completely. So, you know, they're not doing anything. It's just a disappointment. And I just think that they don't have much going on for them. You guys still have Shane Bieber, so that's a thing. You know, that's something to look forward to. But it's just it's kind of disappointing and and sad to even talk about that that there's not more that's going on with the teams. Um, on the other flip side of that, the Reds, I'd give them maybe a D. They, they lost uh, Suarez, third base, they lost Winkler, and then Nick Constellanos opted out of his um, contract so that he's gone. They did add outfielder Tommy Pham and right pitch, right-hand pitcher Hunter Strickland. So, you know, they're not doing too good. They traded off Sonny Gray uh, and all that. And it's just, you know, it's the same thing that we've, we've had with the Reds for years and years. Obviously, the, the Guardians now that they just not are, are not willing to spend the big money. And it's just going to be, I think, a disappointing season. I've got the Guardians maybe getting a little over 500, maybe an 85-77 record with the reds uh, under 500 maybe 74 88 record i just don't see a lot going on this team i just don't see a lot going on for these ohio baseball teams this year and i could be surprised and you know we've got a long season so let's see what happens yeah it's just unfortunate i mean when you talk about these fan bases that i think are just starving for i don't know just just to watch good baseball i, I know that you know, the, the Guardians a couple of years back, you know, they, they put together a good four or five year, you know, span where they're playing good baseball. But I mean, a lot of those guys had come from their, their farm system and then they, you know, they, they put them on, on the field and then they kind of just slowly traded them away, but you can't win like that. You gotta, you gotta be able to put money out. You gotta be able to keep the, keep the guys that you have that you've developed and built up. You know what I mean? Obviously you're not going to be able to keep everyone, but you gotta be able to keep some core together to stay competitive. Like you're not just going to strike lightning in a bottle one year and somehow you're going to have three or four guys come from your, your minor league system. And somehow you're going to win a championship. That's just not how it works. And um, I guess I could be proven wrong, but <laughs> it's just, that's not what I've seen. So, you know, to, to keep up with, you know, some of the, the bigger markets, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money. Um, and if you just don't spend any, then you're not going to compete at all. So I don't know. It'd definitely be interesting. I would have thought the Guardians would have tried to do a little bit more, especially with the bad press that came from changing their name and everything that went with that and the suit that went with that and everything. I just figured they probably would have tried a little bit harder to maybe like, you know, give themselves a little bit, I guess, a better graces with the fans. And But 
I don't know. It's definitely interesting. Something to watch for. I mean, I guess if you want to watch Meteorical Baseball in Ohio this year, then we got two teams to do it. So, <laughs> I mean, and really when it comes down to it is that the ticket sales are going to go up when just a good team comes in on the road to play them. And that's what, you know, the games. But if you if you bring in the Twins or you bring in somebody else, you know, I don't see the ticket sales being that high. And so, I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're a big fan of Joey Votto and you still want to go see him, he's still there. So just, you know. Hopefully they things turn around. They did surprises. The Reds at least did surprises last year. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to keep we'll keep up on it and hopefully maybe they make some moves or something like that that we can actually talk about. Or maybe we'll just talk about how bad they are going forward. I don't know. Alrighty, but on to a franchise that we love talking about because they do some fun things. And we're talk about the Cavs. And they've had, you know, I think for maybe what we thought they might've been, they they've really impressed, you know, thus far this season, they, they've hit a little bit of a struggle bus uh, since the all-star break um, around like 500, but I mean, they're clearly going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be right. They're going to be in the play in tournament. So they got to, you know, win that and get into the playoffs, but just kind of wanted to get your opinion, Greg, on, you know, what you thought the struggles might've been and, and why we kind of hit a little bit of a slump. And do you think they're going to make it through the play-in tournament? And then if they do make it through the play-in tournament, you know, how deep into the playoffs do you? Again, you asked like 17 different questions. So uh, I'll kind of go backwards in reverse <laughs> to try to get those questions answered for you. Uh, obviously, they did make or going to make the play-in tournament. And I, I don't see them going very far. Uh, I just think that that struggle bus is, is continuing a lot, a little bit of its injury, a little bit of its chemistry. And I think that, that they are, are a well-rounded team. And I think that, that give them a couple more years and maybe some draft picks and maybe some trades in next year or something like that, that this possibly could, could go farther. I mean, they lost to Orlando and that was like, like a five point loss, I think, if I remember correctly. And and the thing is, Orlando entered that night having lost six straight games, so they were on on a definite you know skid, and they still ended up beating Cleveland, who who should have beat them wholeheartedly. So you know that that Cleveland Cleveland's play-in tournament role was sealed after Toronto beat Atlanta, I believe. So so we know that they're not going to be you know part of the the regular playoff categories that one through six. So I don't know April twelfth, I believe, is when the play-in tournament starts. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think they kind of hit the injury bug there after the all-star break for some reason. I mean, obviously we've had, you know, Mobley's been in and out. Jared Allen's been, Garland's been in and out. I think they've been trying to figure out how to use Karis Levert since the trade. And that just kind of, that sucks. That kind of, I guess, halts that like progression of a young team really gelling, playing together. And when you have a bunch of different lineups, that kind of hurts. So I'm kind of hoping that they can get through the play-in tournament and get everybody back and they can kind of start playing basketball like they were, you know, through the first like two thirds of the season, pretty much. Because I do, I do think this is a team that plays selfless basketball and I do think they're good enough to get past the first round. It just depends on who they, who they come up against in the first round. But I do think that they have the guy to get past the first round. I don't know how I I agree with Greg. I don't think they're going to go very deep unless they just kind of go on a magical run like we kind of saw the Miami Heat go on in the bubble. But they still got to get past in the 70s. I just I think that those two are the teams that are going to kind of come out at you. But kind of to finish off this topic, I, I guess as a fan, you know, kind of watching basketball, each team needs to have its like it's like superstars. You know, some teams have a couple of them, you know, but like you look at the Bucks, they have they have Giannis. Um, 
you know, and other teams like, you know, the Nets have KD and Kyrie go so on and so on down the list. Do you think that that superstar is on this roster or do you think that they still need to find that? I mean, I, I think that I think it's on the roster with Mobley. I honestly believe that, that he is somebody that with a little bit more pedigree, a little bit more seasoning, if you want to call it um, just to understand the game and, and understand the, the, the big league game. I, th- I think that he is the one I mean, you've got Garland, you got Strickland, even love is playing decently lately. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just a matter of, of them. I, again, like I said, the chemistry of them together forming in just, a, you know, maybe give them two or three more, not two or three more seasons, another season or two to really gel as a team. And, and then when they start to play that, that, that way it just seems you know look at you look at teams that have had the same core three or four for you know a long time they they play so much better because they know each other's moves there's anticipation on the floor you know passes all that and so i think that that give them again like i said i know you used this word earlier a little bit more seasoning and i think that they can really be effective down down the stretch you know they're going into brooklyn for their final road games so i don't know if they can rest a few and before they go into the playoffs or what have you but i'm not sure exactly how many they have to win to solidify this playing tournament but we'll see yeah yeah get healthy and just try to make it through the plane <laughs> get into the playoffs and like i said I, I think they can get past the first round i just i think after that it's really going to depend on you know, who who they decide to become in the playoffs and we've seen it happen let's go ahead and move on to the columbus crew we're going to kind of, we'll talk about, you know, what we expect from them. But first, I wanted to go over something, you know, pretty big. I saw the other day that Frederico Iguain, you know, if you are a crew fan, you, you remember sitting in the stadium, just hearing the announcers yell, Iguain. And I know I loved hearing that, but he retired as a Columbus crew member the other day that they, they signed him up to a one day contract and, and, and allowed him to do that. Um, he definitely, he played his pretty much his whole career there. I think he only played maybe 10 or 11 games for two other franchises, but he pretty much played his whole whole MLS career there, I should say, with the Columbus crew for eight years, 2012 to about 20. So I just kind of wanted to get your opinion, Greg, on, you know, how impactful he was for the crew and, and how cool it was that they, they were able to sign him to a one-day contract so he could retire as a crew. I mean, he's an MLS legend. Let's just put it at that, that definitely solidified himself and you know we'll go down at least columbus crew history is is one of the greatest to ever you know put it all on the black and gold so i i I'm for that you know he he signed because you know from what he said he's home is where the heart is and my heart is forever in columbus and that's just amazing to hear from a sports mm. figure saying that about your your home city like that just makes me like a little emotional because it's like you don't hear that a lot from a lot of Ohio sports teams and or or you know even for Columbus so you know like you said he spent eight years of his storied professional career in Columbus he you know joined them in 2012 he became the all-time assist leader was I think 63 and then ranks third mm-hmm. in goals regular season goals at least with 55 so I, I think it's fantastic and I just love to see it and you know that that jersey is going to go up in the rafters and you're going to see that for for a long long time. Yeah, I don't think I can really add anything else to it. You know, the only thing I can add is he finishes sixth most in matches played for the 200. So you got to think about, you know, us as a 
as a, having a soccer franchise in Columbus. They've only been around since 96. So it's not been that long, you know, just over 20 years. So I think that, you know, about 25 years. So I, I think that that's, you know, pretty important as a, as a staple to our franchise, to our city. And, and for him, like Greg said, to, to love, to love Columbus. I, I think that we've had such big problems with whether that's blue jacket, blue jackets players, you know, wanting to stay and, and they just don't view Columbus as, as a serious like place to live and, and compete and play for a championship. And, and, and I think the crew have done a really good job of like finding guys and that, and then cultivating that love for this city. And I think that's like super important. And I think that's why, you know, we as a city rallied behind them staying so much because I don't think if the players didn't love being here and we didn't love the team being here, then we would have let them go to Austin. So I, I think that that's, that's a big reason why we rallied as a city to keep them. And um, I just, I think that that's super cool. And, and I, I'm glad that they, they got to do that. And he got the opportunity to, you know, retire as, as you know, in, in the black and gold. And now I think he's going on to be an assistant coach with inner Miami, I believe. So he's, you know, starting his coaching career. Maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see him back in Columbus one day coaching the black and golds, but just to kind of finish off the Columbus crew topic here. I know it's pretty early in the season. I, I don't think they've played too many games, maybe like five or matches. I should say they've only played like five matches, but what, what do you kind of expect from them this year? I know last year was kind of a little bit disappointing because we missed the playoffs, obviously with a lot of injuries and, you know, COVID has been kind of kicking everybody's, everybody's butt the past couple of years, but what, what do you expect from them? I expect a lot of good things out of them. I, I don't expect them to to run the table or anything. Um, you know, maybe finish the Eastern Conference at the end of the season, maybe in third place. Um, definitely over 500 on the road. They do going into the season. You know, they do have one of the best back lines in the league, and that's definitely been a point of contention for a long time. And I think the club definitely knows that. Uh, the defensive signings of the off season, you know, I think gave everyone hope that that they'll be stronger than they were in previous years. And they definitely, you know, needed reinforcements at the center uh, back after the departures of Vorm, I already say his name wrong. Vormgor, Vormgor, is that how you say it? I can't help you. I probably won't be able to pronounce it any better. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, you know, they, they're looking to do good. I think that they're, you know, you know, obviously we've seen Diaz show flashes, Notably in the 2020 uh, MLS Cup final, and he struggled to put a, together a consistent season. I think what they, they've put together now puts them back in contention for another MLS Cup. And I definitely think that it's plausible to uh, run run it run it pretty long this season. Yeah, I agree. I, I think last year just kind of sucked because injuries derailed everything and everything was kind of like pushed around because of COVID, whether that was like the world cup and, and all that stuff. And I just think that this year, there's going to be a little bit more consistency with the season. Hopefully players will be able to stay healthy and, you know, we'll be able to have a consistent lineup, you know, every scene. I think that's just super important, that consistency, especially, you know, like you were saying with the Cavs, like you can't, you can't expect to win too many games. If, if you haven't built that chemistry with your players, you don't know what people are going to do before they even do it. So for them, hopefully, to be able to gain that, you know, consistency throughout the season, and hopefully take that into the playoffs, and and I do, I do think they would have a good chance to uh, bring home another cup because that that team is is you know, primed to do it. But before we end off in our uh, famous double takes, let's go ahead and I'm gonna let Greg give his opinion on the Deshaun Watson trade. I, I know that 
you know, we've kind of talked about it the past couple of weeks and, and uh, pretty much everybody got to give their opinion on it, but I just wanted to, you know, let Greg kind of give the last opinion on it and, and see what he really thought about it. And it all boiled down. Uh, Greg, I'll let you kind of take over. The thing is, is I'm not mad about it. Like I, I honestly think it's a great addition. I think that Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback. He is a massive upgrade from Baker Mayfield. Say what you want about the allegations, and that's all they are at this point in time. They're still just allegations. Obviously, the Texas grand jury decided not to uh, bring charges against Watson in uh, most of the complaints. So, you know, he, he said all along, he, he never settled. He never admitted anything because he's like, I'm going to let the truth come out, let it come out. So, you know, did he possibly do inappropriate things? That's that's probable, if not possible. But at this point in time, he's not been charged with anything. So let's just stop looking at the possibilities and the, the hearsay of what it is and just be happy that the Browns have an elite quarterback now that is going to probably, you know, definitely at least bring them 10 to 12 wins a season. And, and that's something to look forward to. Uh, you know, obviously there's some civil complaints that still uh, could be going on. He could still possibly be suspended by NFL for, you know, half the season, you know, is what I've, I've looked at it. So the guaranteeing of the money is what really surprised me. And I think that that's going to change the landscape of free agency in the QB market for, for years to come. Cause you can have some QBs that are by far more superior than him. And like I said, he's still an elite quarterback that are going to be like, I want that money. I want that kind of money. And I want that guarantee. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go somewhere that will. And I, I, I can see, some other teams that are in desperate need of this, you know, this top tier talent to be like, you know what, we'll guarantee it that, you know, and just try to get them and Lamar Jackson's first on the list. And I, you know, seeing him go somewhere else just because he can get guaranteed money. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. The money thing was, was pretty huge. Yeah. All righty. Well, there you go. A little bit of a shorter episode. I feel like we went through a lot of topics. Maybe we just, uh, gotten better at being quicker about talking about it and i didn't go on very many rants today so there you go <laughs> yeah, that, that is completely true you do, usually have a, have a 20 minute window of something so yeah, all, did, right, all right you did pretty good with picking the topics this this week that you didn't go necessarily off the rails because yeah you um, guys can't see it on the video but i sometimes i have to wave my hands at him to make him stop talking and it just doesn't work every time i've gotten better okay geez all right well we are going to go into our uh, double take segment probably my favorite part of the episode here. I'm going to let Greg go ahead and uh, kick it off. Well, the first part of it is definitely the predictions. And so I am going to say that my beloved Boston Red Sox are going to sweep the Yankees in the uh, opening uh, of the games in New York. And I think Red Sox are going to come out hot. It just got too many good things going for them. And I hate the Yankees. So that is my bold prediction for this uh, coming sports related world. I don't know about a sweep, but I, I could see them winning the majority of the games. I just, I don't know. That's kind of a little, but it could happen. It could happen. It's, I think, it's my my prediction. Okay. Well, I don't have to agree with it. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, you could have your prediction, but that doesn't mean that it's a little biased, I think. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I'm going to keep it simple. I, listen, I, I think by the t- next time that we meet, we're going to be breaking down uh, the first round of the NBA playoffs where we're kind of breaking down the Cavs, whoever they uh, 
they draw in uh, winning the play-in tournament. So I think that's what we're going to be doing our next episode is that's probably going to take up the majority of our episode there is just kind of breaking down that series and and uh, seeing how we think that's going to go. I have faith in them. I, I think that they can get it right. I know they've hit a little bit of a rough patch, but I, I believe in this team. I know they're young, but they, they need the experience as well too. So I'm kind of hoping to get the chance. Greg, what's your... Uh, one crazy thing that you saw, heard about, or happened to you over the past couple of weeks? I know you always got some fun. You've heard the term fat fingers, right? Yeah. Have you, have you ever fat fingered anything? <laughs> Greg, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Have you ever yeah, hit yeah, the wrong when button, like, when you're like type in, text in something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm keeping this PG, guys, so do, you know, <laughs> stay tuned for the rest of it if you want to find out. Well, a woman in California won $10 million by fat fingering the lotto button and hitting the wrong button and choosing the wrong scratch off and the scratch off she got, she won $10 million from it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Usually I just try to text like something and it, and it adds an extra letter or changes. (laughs) She was uh, at a lottery vending machine and she put in 40 bucks and her words is that, uh, some you know random guy bumped into her and didn't say anything as he walked out the door and she accidentally hit the $30 scratch off button instead of the $40 scratch off button and then ended up winning uh the 10 million dollars she said she actually almost ran off the road because she was trying to verify it as she was driving which i don't recommend guys if you're going to yeah. scratch off lotteries don't do it while you're driving cuz obviously she could have injured somebody and then nobody would have ever that $10 million would have gone right out the window in more ways than one. But she definitely says she's going to buy a new house and, you know, maybe launch maybe a nonprofit organization. And then the Vaughn's supermarket will get $50,000 for selling the ticket. So, like, I always wondered this. Does the the guy who sells the ticket, does he get it or does it go to the company? Because mm. yeah, yeah, I've always I wondered mean, I guess, that. I guess she could, like, she could, like, give him some money. I mean... Who's, I mean, who's going to know if she just like takes 50 grand out in cash and drops it off at his door, you know? Yeah, but I just don't think some, you know, I don't think BP or any of these other you know, gas stations need the money when stuff like that happens. So I wonder if it, I mean, they don't need gets the money, but they'll, they'll just, it'll be, it'll be a nice bonus for the regional manager. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, cool. Good job. Way to, way to help that lady win the lottery. <laughs> 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 no, but that's awesome. Like that's, that's just like funny things like that happen. I'm I'm kind of waiting for that like one funny thing to happen to me, but um <laughs> right. Let me just accidentally hit the wrong button and win ten million dollars. Like I don't uh shit, I'm gonna have to start going in there and closing my eyes and hitting the lottery machine button or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, for me, I actually have two things because I had one thing and then today I was um driving around and I was listening to the radio. And I, I heard this, I, I was listening to uh, them talk about Augusta and, and the Masters and stuff like that. So I'll go ahead and go with this one first, since this wasn't on my original one. But Greg, do you know that they have names for the holes at Augusta? Like not just hole one, hole two, oh, like hole they, three. They have, they have an actual name. Yeah. Like they're I not, they're not, not like that. crazy funny names, but I just, I didn't realize that. Like that was something cool to me. Like, so hole one is called like T Olive. And then you got pink dag- dogwood, flowering peach, flowering crab apple, magnolia, 
juniper, pompous. You know, and I'm just like, these are like some crazy yellow jasmine. Like they're like flower names. I'm like, this is crazy. Because they did a holy game where they were like, you know, name name the whole. And I didn't know where that was going. But then I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> here's this one but they went through and they were just like naming i'm like this is crazy like like there's one called Firethorn, azalea red bud the, the the 18th hole's just name is holly i don't good old holly i, I don't <laughs> well holly, i mean all of these are plants of some sort and holly is a plant that's what you you know that's what mistletoe is is made of holly so yeah no i'm just like it it's just a it, it's just funny i don't i I don't know. To me, that was like, I, I never knew that. I was just like, oh, it's just, it's just hole one. Cool. Like tigers on hole 15 now, like they should start using these names. Like that would make it more fun. I, I don't know. It's definitely crazy. But my like real thing that I wanted to talk about <laughs> is I don't know if you guys knew or not, but I also saw this other cool thing. So his name is Carson Meyer and he plays for the Blue Jackets and he's actually from Powell, Ohio. And he plays for, I believe, like probably like the Cleveland Monsters or the, you know, the Blue Jackets farm system. And they called him up, I think for the eighth time, but I think it was like, or maybe the second time, but it was like the first time that he actually got to play. He was in the lineup and he only played for a total of three minutes and 16 seconds. But in that three minutes, he scored his first ever. And so like an Ohio born kid got his like basically first opportunity to play in the NHL. Um, I think he was drafted in the sixth round in 2017. So that's just like, just, just a cool story, like a cool, like, and, and I, I hope that he gets more opportunities here at the end of this season. I, I know the blue jackets are pretty much out of the playoffs at this point, but you know, for him to come up and like, just, just strike magic like that is, is just super cool. So I'm definitely, you know, hoping that he gets more opportunities to play with the blue jackets and, and, you know, maybe score some more goals. So that was just really cool. To me. But that'll do it. Um, like I said, guys, a little bit short of an episode, but I think we uh, covered some cool things. Like I said, women's synchronized swimming next season that that starts, go ahead and watch that. Cause I mean, they've already won 33 out of like 45 years. So they're probably poised for another one. <laughs> and, and, and like the, I watched the ESPN um, kind of coverage of it a little bit the other night and just the, the, the amount of conditioning and the amount of training that takes is, is yeah very difficult and then the amount of mental memory that it takes to remember the, the, the routines you know and there's there's single there's solo competitions there's duos there's trios there's teams um so you know all of them individually had to score those points to get them to the national championship so it, i highly highly recommend it if you if you get a chance to pay attention and watch some of those because they are true true athletes that you know, this takes a lot of skill and a lot of dedication and a lot of conditioning. So definitely watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Ohio state just uh, pushing out championships. So we'll see what's next. <laughs> we'll try to keep track of it for you guys. But again, thank you so much for listening. If there's something you guys want us to talk about, like if we're not talking about, you know, a program within Ohio that, that you want us to cover a little bit more then uh, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll try to dig deep and, and try to figure out what's going on there. And uh you know, present that to you guys the best possible way. But again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Greg, for coming on. I always enjoy uh, talking about some Ohio sports with you. And as always, this was Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ohioverse. If you'd like to stay up to date on the show and sporting news in Ohio, go ahead and follow Ohioverse Podcast DDS on Instagram. Also, don't forget to follow Deep.com. 
dive.sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen to any of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you. And catch you on the next one.